I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, world, and welcome to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. Well, friends, it's been quite a while. Uh, I don't think we've released an episode since mid-July. We went on pause once the strike hit because our sag after rules say that we as actors are not allowed to promote any AMPTP work during the strike. And considering this show is talking mostly about an actor's journey and projects that they've been in or auditioned for, uh, we just felt that it was the right move to go ahead and pause until the strike was over. I have missed you all. I have missed doing this show, and I'm excited for it to come back once the strike is officially over. Our negotiating committee is in talks with the AMPTP, which is great. And um, we hope that something good will come out of this soon. And I think everyone is just staying cautiously optimistic. We all want to get back to work. I want to continue this podcast as well. So um, let's all cross our fingers and send our negotiating committee all of the positive vibes and love. With that said, a couple housekeeping things here. Um, I know that I had told you guys about the show that we were producing and recording called The Case Within. It is officially out. The first episode is out and every 
Friday, we will release a new episode. There are eight episodes total. It has already been charting on the fiction charts on Apple, um, and we have been just overwhelmed by the response for the show. And uh, I would love it if you would go over, listen, rate, review it, subscribe to it. If we get enough listens and we start making a little money on it, we might actually be able to do season two, which would be incredible. This is a tiny little passion project, and we are so happy to have it released into the world. All right, let's get to today's special episode. Today, I have my friends Mike and Denise, who are both strike captains at WB. This whole summer, I have been at WB with them on the lines as a gate captain. And it has been the most rewarding and fulfilling and, uh, at times, difficult jobs I've had in my life. I've uh, joked with several people over the summer that this is the most consistent acting job I've had uh, since I was a child, which is probably true. (laughs) Um, But we've been out there together and um, it's really been an eye-opening experience. And so today I wanted to bring them on to talk about what it's like to be a strike captain um, and also inform our listeners about SAG-AFTRA as a union, what committee work is like, um, how our government functions a little bit. We didn't get too much into the government side of SAG-AFTRA because we really are like a mini government, but we did talk about committee work, which I think is very important. And on that note, if you um, are a SAG-AFTRA member, make sure to fill out the committee form. You all got sent a committee form asking if you'd like to serve. It is the best way to stay in solidarity with your fellow members. It's the best way to make friendships, to create families, and to enact real change within the union. So if you are passionate about the union and our members, check out those committee sign-up forms. And without further ado, here is today's special Strike Captain episode. I'd like to welcome to the show my friends Mike and Denise. Say hello. Hi. Hi. We're here. Um, I met both Mike and Denise out on the strike line day one of the SAG after strike and instantly fell in love with them. Um, And so now they're never getting rid of me ever. (laughs) Good. Yes. Good, good. Um, Our plan worked. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) So I'd love if uh, both of you could just take a quick moment to introduce yourself to our listeners and um, share what you do in SAG-AFTRA as well as all of the fun stuff you do outside of SAG-AFTRA. Mike, you go first. I was going to say ladies first, but I guess not. Uh, I am Mike C. Nelson. I've been a proud member of SAG-AFTRA since 2008. Uh, I've made most of my hay doing commercial work over the last 15 plus years here in Los Angeles. Um, Yeah, Uh, outside of that, uh, I guess I'll say it before you guys say it, that I am a three-time Jeopardy champion. <laughs> that people make fun of me every day on the line. Yes, we do. Uh, we love you. It's a great honor. Um, but yeah, I like collecting uh, books and records and uh, what else? I like long walks. On the beach? Yeah, sure. <laughs> on the beach, off the beach. 
Uh, was there another question I was supposed to answer there? No, that that'll do. <laughs> Denise. Mike Mike is also a strike captain. Didn't oh yeah. He? I'm a terrible listener right now. Uh strike <laughs> captain at Warner Brothers yeah. with me and Jillian. Yes. Yeah. And hi, I am Denise Cabanella, originally from Texas, San Antonio, proud. And I have been living in LA for 11 years, joined the union in 2015. And Mike actually got me involved with my first committee, the LA Organizing Committee. And prior to that, I had no idea they existed. And he was like, just one day, hey, do you want to join this committee with me? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, No idea what it really did. But um, it's just been really great to be a part of that community and have that grow into the work that we're doing on the line every day at Warner Brothers. And I mostly work, um, I work a lot in commercial voiceover, some theatrical, and I love theater. Love (laughs) theater. Um, So you bring up committees, which is something I want to talk about because I've never really told our listeners or explained to our listeners what um, SAG after the insides is like, what all of, um, hi friend. Jane. (laughs) Just a calm Jane. Don't do it. Um, (laughs) uh, I've never really explained, you know, how our union is like its own little mini government. And we have our committees that help run things in all of our locals. And then we have our national committees that help run policy for national issues. Um, So I'd love to hear kind of the story of how both of you, you kind of, you said Mike got you involved. Mike, how did you make your way into the committee world? Because once you're there, you don't get out. (laughs) If you're if you're good if you if you show up mm-hmm. they'll they'll want you back, um, yeah. I was like I think a majority of actors is um, I didn't know what the hell the union was about at all when I first joined. The first handful of years I was in the union, I'd get checks from my agency. I would cash them, and that was it. Mm. I had no idea what the union was about at all. Um, and as commercials started becoming a career for me. I took it upon myself of like, man, I got to learn about this union. I got to get involved. And then we started seeing kind of the, the decline of union commercials and more things going non-union stuff. So even more so over the last decade, I was like, I have to get involved. So my first involvement really with the union was going to the wages and working conditions meetings for before a commercials contract was coming mm. up. To, to actually read the commercials contract for the very first time and go through it with a fine tooth comb with people that have been doing it for decades or like me were noobs. And I just, the, the first W and W process on the commercial side, I learned a ton cause I just kind of sat there and was a sponge. Uh, didn't get up to the microphone too much or bring any proposals to the table, but I just learned a lot. And that was, yeah, that was like a decade ago. And since then Um, I've been part of grassroots groups outside of the union, um, being heavily involved with commercials. I got asked to be on the national commercial performers committee. I've been on that for, I think going on six years now. Um, and then, yeah, about four years ago, a friend of mine, Kevin E. West asked me to be a co-chair on the LA local organizing committee. And that was kind of our, our whole idea was 
a lot of people see the union as just this building on Wilshire Boulevard. That's this like monolith. It's just a building or it's just this entity, this thing. And a lot of people have negative connotations towards unions or towards our union. And I just wanted to see for myself with my own two eyes, can we make change within the, you know, the red tape and the bureaucracy of an organization from the inside, because grassroots, you could do whatever, you're not beholden to what uh, the union has to say or do. Uh, but I was like, I want to see if I can get involved from the inside and see if we can enact change. And I can say without a doubt over the last, uh, the last four years on the organizing committee and the last six years on the CPC, uh, with the help of, you know, dozens upon dozens of incredible members that are volunteering their time um, you can make change. And I'm, I'm, I've never been more excited going forward uh, because of this strike in this year, 2023, in this pivotal moment. I think, uh, I think membership is more involved than it ever has been. Mm -hmm. The bonds we've created with our sister unions and with our, within our own union, with our staff and our fellow members and everything, uh, I'm very excited about committee work going mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. I think committee work is like so important. It really does help shape the union. It helps shape solidarity within us, connection. Denise, what um, what drew you to the organizing committee and, and what do you guys work on within that committee? Mike Nelson um, <laughs> got me a part of the LA organizing committee and I love, I love, working with people. I love, you know, organizing, producing. Um, and I was like, yeah, I would love to make a difference and try to be more involved. Cause like Mike said, you know, you've, a lot of people do think that SAG is this, you work for us, you do, you know, like you pay us our residuals. The, the best thing that we get out of our union are the screeners that we get at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so much more than that. It's, it's, you know, our connection with each other, what we can do together, how we can create uh, lasting change. And some of the work that we do within the organizing committee is we frankly show up to other sister union actions. So a lot of things that we'll do is we'll go and um, go out to like the Labor Day parade that happens down in Long Beach or Wilmington. We'll go and volunteer together for other organizations, the Salvation Army that also work with SAC-AFTRA um, on different levels. But we physically go and do work together to show our solidarity and we help spread the word about it. We're also trying to educate and mobilize our membership just by doing this, like talking about what we do and sharing that excitement and that passion because there is so much. There's so much for us to learn. There's so much for us to do. There's so much that we can do together to really make shit happen mm -hmm. like in the way that will serve us best yeah someone mentioned the other day of just you know sag after for years is i've heard i've heard us mentioned as a sleeping giant if we could ever really harness the power of our hundred and sixty thousand members countrywide and really utilize that power and leverage that we have um, we can change this industry. And I think, that, again, this summer, what the writers did, they paved the way for us. Um, but what the WGA did and what we're soon to get in our, in our work, I think, is so huge in organizing and getting people involved and people wanting to get more educated on their union. Um, to see 
collective action work with your own two eyes mm. is the best organizer of all time. You know, we could bang our heads against the wall in past years to get people to come to a meeting yeah. or come to, you know, anything uh, that was SAG-AFTRA affiliated. But this strike, I mean, almost every day on the line, and you get this as well, you get people that are coming up to you and asking how they can help, in what way. They want to get more involved. This has really lit a fuse under so many people. Um, again, I'm, I'm very excited. But, yeah, getting the strike authorization, going on strike, fighting this fight that's been really fucking hard for everybody. But getting a huge victory at the end i think is is again we're gonna see we're gonna reap the benefits of this collective action for decades to come yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're laying the groundwork now yeah yeah and you both brought up you know something that i've talked about with a lot of people recently after i've gotten involved in in the politics and the committees is that so many people see the union as just this representative this thing they have to be a part of so that they can do their job and do what they love and it really is a sleeping giant because once i think this strike has shown that if we all just get together and stick together things happen and i think it has ignited a passion for you know the next generation as well we've seen so many you know young performers teenagers out there on the picket line with us and it's been so inspiring we even have a couple strike captains who are teenagers, young performers. It's mm -hmm. been amazing to see that we are inspiring them to get involved at an early age because that hasn't really happened for young performers before. Yeah, I think it's it's the opposite of like a vicious, vicious cycle or whatever where we're seeing right now. It's the opposite. It's this positive thing where older actors are passing the baton yeah. down they're fighting this fight right now because someone 40 years ago or in 1960 the people that fought in 1960 paved the way for a lot of actors the older actors that are out there right now mm -hmm. um and they're doing it to pass it down to younger generations and we're doing the same thing and i think it's so great to see teenagers seeing the generations that came before them fighting for their future yeah. again that's just i think it's just a beautiful thing for everyone to pass down this lineage and kind of pass the torch of i'm fighting not just for our present but we're we're all fighting for our future and future generations to have a chance at having a, having a career mm -hmm. in this industry that's kind of what this fight's been all about yeah yeah so take me back to uh, right before the strike was officially on for all of us. For me, I got an email from our executive director as a person who chairs a committee in Los Angeles saying, hey, come make signs. And that's when I first met you, Mike, as we were making signs together before we were officially yep. on strike down at headquarters. <laughs> um, but what um, what was it for you guys? Like, when did you know that you were going to be strike happens? When did you, you know, figure out, OK, we're going to be at WB. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And these are our pairings. And here's how it's all going to happen. I didn't know that y'all were making signs together. Was we that were. when we, when the organizing committee was making signs? Or was that like a separate thing? I can't remember, but I just remember like we were just next to each other. I was like taping up signs and she was pulling, making, you know, <laughs> strips of duct tape or whatever yeah. we were doing together. You had music. So I went next to you. Uh, <laughs> I love I that. Music. I love um, that. Yeah, but that's where we connected and then to see each other because um, I weirdly worked a commercial on day one. So I wasn't there for day one, which is crazy. I've like missed two or three days total. But one of them was day one, which was 
I heard kind of crazy and chaotic, but uh, yeah, we met beforehand making signs. Um, but yeah, since I was co-chair of the LA organizing committee, staff had been reaching out to me asking, you know, could I even help them find some people that I think would be good from either my committee or people that I've known from other committees and whatnot. And I did, I reached out to a lot of people that I had seen walking the lines for the WGA mm. since May, since May 2nd. And there were, you know, probably a hundred plus uh, sag after members that were out there pretty much every day and I kept seeing the same people so I recommended a bunch of people that had never been you know involved before but I saw them being involved for the WGA strike and what's amazing is to see the blossoming of so many of them became these like boss ass bitches yes. on the picket line and have been like ruling whatever you know if they're at Netflix or other Fox or whatever I remember getting messages where they were kind of on the fence and now they're like one of the most like notable names or whatever on the pickets. Yeah. Um, so I knew I was going to get like called upon and I definitely wanted to be called upon uh, from the jump. But to end up at Warner Brothers with you two and, and our crew is just one of the one of the greatest uh, lucky, lucky breaks, I think, of mm -hmm. all time. Yeah, it's I mean, being also on the committee, not as the chair, but. Um, involved as we we all three are we got I got reached out to by um, Serena and she was just like hey we're just we just want to prepare just in case because nothing was certain yet. <laughs> it was always the just in case I also loved when they'd yeah. be like so when I mean if we go on strike and we're like we're going on strike <laughs> I know. Yeah. And so they, they, they knew, you know, like they, they knew that we needed to prepare however way, mm -hmm. but, um, they started doing that. I don't know, the week before. And I will always remember day one and, and really actually the training that we did. Oh yeah. A bunch of us did at Disney. Were you there, Julian? I, well, was... I didn't go to the Disney lot. I did the online training and then I was working, so I couldn't actually be at the like in-person training. Yeah, it was so I was working a gig and then I had to come late. Uh and then I just was playing catch up with Dimitri and just running around and you know, we were getting trained by the WGA lot coordinators, which was so cool because I had seen them. I, you know, I've been out picketing since week one of the writer's strike and I recognized people and I was like, oh my God, now we're up. <laughs> like we're stepping up to the plate. What does this feel like? Um, and to end up at Warner Brothers with the family that we did really has been life-changing. You know, I think that the people, we, we come together because we care so much and however way that shows up we you know it does and we show up to the line and we're there for each other and i'm starting to ramble so i'm going to start this spot over again <laughs> oh my god i should have taken a longer nap you're doing great um and yeah to end up at warner brothers with y'all it's just been such a blessing and it really was meant to happen yeah cheyenne was, you know, she was telling Serena, she was like, I'm going to go wherever you need me. And I was like, what is the most consistent thing that you can do? That's what you should do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's, if Warner Brothers is that and we can carpool, great. 
Um, and so she almost didn't end up with us. She was going to be in at Netflix. Traitor. <laughs> I know. Traitor. Take us through like a day of strike captaining because I feel like a lot of people just think, oh, you guys just show up and you're out there and you pick it and you go. But there's so much that happens behind the scenes and there's so much organizing that you guys do every single day. And I mean, multiple times throughout the day, I'll just see Denise running on her phone and looking like she needs to like solve a major mystery. <laughs> like today we had a missing chair and Lord knows I don't, what happened to that chair, by the way. Where did the chair go? Okay. 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 So for like an hour and a half, so Cafe Blanca comes to the line. They serve you this great coffee, amazing people. And they bring these chairs and tables to the line that are beautiful and rainbow. And I don't know, like about 45 minutes or an hour into the picket, we notice that there's, there's one missing. We're like, where did it go? Um, and so we're panicking, but we didn't want to talk to the guys that were the owners. We're like, we got to find this chair, y'all. Finding this chair, put it in the WhatsApp. After like an hour and a half of worrying and trying to get like 50 people to look for this chair, no one could find it. We confessed to Cameron and Juan and they were like, I was like, we're so sorry. We missed your chair. Like your chair is gone. They were like really chill about it. Like they've, We've only had it for, you know, a long time. And I was like, no. no. <laughs> and I was like, we're, we just let us know how we, what we can do, what we can do. And we are like, yeah, there's only three of them. And they're like, we only have three. Oh, God. <laughs> there was never I was a like, fourth chair. You, you only have three? And they're like, yeah, we have three wheels on this thing, three chairs. And I was like, oh, my God. So they started dying laughing because we had created this whole drama about the missing chair. We even looped in Kevin. I was like, Kevin E. West, we have a missing chair. <laughs> he's like, let me solve. i got to solve a problem. I'm telling the rest of the negotiating committee he has to be back because he's going to solve this missing chair. And there's no missing chair. Um, so dumb. Yeah. So that's wow. the, it was solved. Wow. Solved because there was no mystery to begin okay, with. Like to, okay. Like to our defense here, it's two tables set up and one of the tables has two chairs on, on one of them. And then the mm -hmm. other table only had one. So, you know, two people who have been, you know, in heat for the past like 82 <laughs> days, it was concerning. It was. Yeah. And Sabrina was there and she was like, right before I left to go to the taco truck, there were four chairs. And I was like, oh, my God, we need to find it. So it was just the most hilarious, just ridiculous thing to happen um, today. <laughs> anyway. Today. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Explaining like what a strike captain does is kind of crazy. It's because, so insane. Yeah. There's there's you know, there's there's five like a kind of five-headed beast between Denise and myself and our strike daddy, Terry. Terry. And then we already mentioned Cheyenne and our good pal, Will Dinsmore. Um, yeah, between the five of us, we're kind of overseeing the other 30 to 40 plus gate captains at Warner Brothers. And we have multiple gates and 
I mean, yeah, day 82. And it's crazy, though, because in that first week, I was amazed that by like day two or three, we had really figured out a lot of stuff in just a matter of a couple days on the line. And again, hats off to the WGA who paved the way because Mm -hmm. they had been doing it for close to 80 days when we joined in. Um, So we learned a ton from Chandra and Anne and all these incredible people at Warner Brothers that came before us. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's like a jack of all trades, I think all of us like not just the five of us but most of the 30 to 40 of us gate captains have done stuff where one day you're doing snacks or t-shirts the other time you're you're preventing people from getting hit by crazy drivers at a certain gate that's really like people are driving you know 70 miles an hour down (laughs) the road right next to the sidewalks or you're picking up trash or you're setting up tents um you're repairing signs it's just it's kind of non-stop and it goes by quickly every day but yeah, I mean, 82 days of that. And then you talk about like some of our captains like Terry, uh, Cheyenne and Denise and Will like have all done so much work outside of those lines. We're there for about four hours every day. But the hours of work of organizing and making sure everyone's got, you know, their their destination for the day or what job they're doing that day Mm -hmm. and just all the meetings we have done Mm -hmm. outside of it is just overwhelming, just how much time and effort a lot of these incredible people have, have put put into this fight is is astounding. I don't think any of us, not a single one of us, knew what we were signing up for <laughs> when we signed up to be strike captains. Because, like you said, Mike, there is so much time and energy and organization that happens. Like people, most people have no idea the spreadsheets and docs and texts and emails that go into keeping everything on the line smooth. You know, we've got our morning meetings, yes, that um, Terry leads and, uh, but then we've got the scheduling that Cheyenne does. The, there's a lot of HR that happens on the line, you know, having these people skills, putting people in the place where they're happy and thrive because we're all volunteers here. You know, everyone wants to be happy doing the work that they're doing and there are some personalities that might be best uh in separate ends of the lot (laughs) so so, you know managing that producing it's a lot of producing but um since the wj has left us on the line we've taken on a lot of the responsibility of talking with the showrunners and the uh, organizers who are organizing their special pickets and coordinating the food trucks the the coffee trucks Um, The drop-offs, like we have a lot of great support at Warner Brothers with people bringing snacks and water. So we coordinate drop-offs. And safety is the most important thing. So making sure that we communicate with each other um, on the line and report things that happen, incidents that happen, because it happens every day. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers is a pretty crazy lot with cars, zooming, running red lights, uh, almost hitting picketers, turning into the lots and out of the lot, and, um, you know, filing incident reports, sending to legal. You know, I've never talked to legal this much in my life. Annie's our (laughs) best friend now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it is a lot. Yeah. And we've created, I think Denise nailed it with that description of just, yeah, we have, you know, upwards of 40 people 
at plus staff. So you're talking about 50, 50 plus people that are coming together from every different background, demographic, age group, wherever, that are all working in concert together um, and just making sure that everyone feels heard and supported. Mm -hmm. And I think we've done an outstanding job with that because just the camaraderie and solidarity and the family atmosphere, you know, we, we have a, a meeting every morning and we have a wrap up meeting uh, after after we're done picketing. And yeah, it's just it's one of my favorite things. of just looking around that group of just this motley crew of weirdos <laughs> that have come together mm -hmm. to fight this good fight. And, and again, it's like we've made friendships for a lifetime. And it's just it's one of the greatest uh, perks of of doing some volunteerism on this on this front there have been yeah. so many tears on the line this past week and yes motley crew is a great um that's true we, <laughs> we are definitely a motley crew um but there have been m multiple people that have come forward and have said to us have said to me that they have not had a sense of family in Los Angeles all the time that they've been living here as like they do now, like they do with our Warner Brothers family. And oh, it's just, it really is powerful. And it's, you know, it, it's, it moves me because what we're going through does feel like war. Mm -hmm. It feels so intensely emotional and we chose to do it together. You know, every single person chose to keep coming back to the line. And it's just really, really beautiful and powerful. And I do have a lot of lifelong friendships because of this. And I'm really proud that it, you two are in that. Oh, yeah. we're all going to cry. <laughs> it's, you know, it's true, though. And I think for a lot of um, newer actors or actors who have joined the union in the past, you know, five years, they hadn't really experienced anything with other members because of the pandemic. And so while this strike is, you know, we don't want to be here, we want to be working and we want to be out there doing what we love. Um, so while it's frustrating to be on strike, it's really done something beautiful for our union and for our community it's brought us together in a way that we've just never had we've never been this close mm -hmm. ever, ever ever i've never seen i've like i've been in this town close to 20 years and i've been in the union since 2008 and yeah it was something that i always we you know people talked about it but it was just how do we how do we thread this needle of like becoming closer to our sister unions and you know, L.A. County is a very union heavy county. There's so many unions that are in Los Angeles oh, County. Yeah. Um, but yeah, post pandemic, I think that was one of the biggest miscalculations from the other side is they did not know that this resurgence of finding community post pandemic where. I met so many writers and heard exactly what their pain points were for the for the first time. I felt bad as a human being that I didn't know more about what they were going through. And the same thing that we've had people from IATSE, Teamsters, DGA, AFM, all the Leuna. Unite here. Hotel, yeah, Unite here. The hotel workers, teachers over the last year. It's like we're all talking. We're all showing up for each other. We're all supporting each other. And after we get our big victory, it's like, you know, Teamsters are next and we need to show up for the Teamsters. Mm -hmm. Then after that, it's IATSE. And if we show up for them and truly show up for them, because they need to see it with their own two eyes, just like we needed to see it from the WGA and vice versa. It's like, 
there's no telling like what this industry can look like if we're all like in lockstep. So if you fuck with one of us, you're fucking with all of us. That's right. And again, mm-hmm. I think these bonds, you know, I've heard it in some of the other podcasts and articles, and I've heard it from writers on the line where they're like, we will never forget what you guys did. SAG joining the lines in July changed the entire landscape of this hot labor yeah. summer, like mm-hmm. completely. It's so it's so cool to think that like Hollywood set the stage for labor movements around the world. You know, when we came together, it uh, in it was a well covered is a well covered event. Um, you know, there 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 were a lot of news people from different countries, Brazil, Slovakia, Germany that were coming to cover the strikes and that says something not just out in Hollywood but like what other what other industries are experiencing and how this is inspiring people to come together in their own ways to stand up for better working conditions, better pay and decency and humanity and um I think that it it is so much bigger than even the US. Yeah. Like the the impact that we're having. Yeah, the world's watching, I think. I think the world is watching yeah. and you know, I've been saying it the last couple of weeks since the auto workers have gone on on strike against the big 3. That's that's even bigger than us cuz mm-hmm. everyone knows the UAW and they know that's blue collar and that's middle America and that's, you know, the rust belt and you know, Michigan and all that stuff and and if they get a big victory too, I think you are going to see this this trend. Because um, again, the union union numbers are the lowest they've ever been. Yep. Membership membership wise, numbers are the lowest they've ever ever been. Um, but you're seeing this huge increase in people trying to organize and beginning to organize and getting you know some of those elections happening where they they do get granted. Um, you know, the vote to organize their their workplace. And I think when they see victories from the riders, us, the auto workers win, UPS got a big win. Yeah. You know, railroad workers, if hotel workers mm-hmm. get in in LA, you're going to start seeing, you know, tens of thousands or millions of workers across the country being like, this is bullshit. Like, it is. All the yeah. benefits are going to the very tippy top. And it's like, we helped them become a profitable company. So profit sharing and revenue sharing and a little bit more equity is, is what most, most workers want. And, and I think are going to start fighting for, uh, more so. So it's I'm not very, e- very excited. Right. It's not even that we helped them. We did it. Like yeah. we make the work, mm-hmm. uh, Lyft drivers and Uber drivers, they move the people, Yeah, you know, and it's like, you would, you just wouldn't have you wouldn't have that profit without us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you say Lyft and yep. Uber, and what's interesting there is, I mean, I feel like these types of companies who have come on and started hiring these freelance workers, it's kind of the downfall of when unions started losing numbers, right? It's it's these people saying, I can make money outside of a regular job, and therefore they don't have a union to go to. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. in the next you know decade or so, we're going to see those workers rise up. We're going to see them say, no, we actually are this company we need to form a union we're even seeing it within our own industry with our you know lowest paying workers our pas right now which is amazing Mm -hmm. i know and you even saw recently the independent producers people that are like 
producers because people hear the word producer and they all think they're like fat cats that live in mansions in the hills <laughs> with swimming pools and you're like that's producer term gets thrown around way too different the people that actually like make projects and make sure they get done there's there's hundreds of independent producers and they just formed their first mm -hmm. union ever because they're making no money they're they, it's the uh -huh. most thankless work where they work more hours than almost anyone on a set and they make barely any money um but yeah you're seeing it you're seeing it everywhere where workers are just like this suck sucks. I'm reading every quarter, you know, our corporation makes record profits and we see none of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you have some of those businesses that like the gig workers, you know, or where someone's punching your time clock out right at 30 hours. So you can't become full time and get benefits. Yeah. It's like, we're going to make sure everyone stays part time. It's just gross. It's so, mm -hmm. it's so stupid and gross. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that there's a, there's a new dawn and a new day, uh, coming soon mm. and a new life can, okay. <laughs> yeah. and i'm feeling good. good what was that song you sang on the line last week mike oh yeah oh my god i'm sorry i my apologies um i kicked it old school because i'm not not that great of a singer so i i i kept my my deepest tones and i sang tennessee ernie ford's 16 tons <laughs> uh, coal mining coal mining and uh, owing owing everything to the company store what what um yeah so i did 16 tons on the karaoke jams on the line. <laughs> um i'd like to ask you both what has been your favorite moment on the line and what has been your hardest moment on the line oh Jillian, this is so public. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's up to you whether I, you want to be truthful about your heart as one. Let me think. I don't. Oh man, there's so many. Yeah. Moments of both. Tough. There's so many moments yeah. of both. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of moments of 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 high stress, um, uh, and again, like things not getting dangerous but like yeah like things you know feeling like they're they're getting a little chaotic or whatnot with like huge groups of people uh and even if they're fired up it's like you know as strike captains we don't get to join in the fun we're kind of the the wet blankets <laughs> yeah. that are just trying to make people stay on sidewalks and not get hit by cars and all that stuff um so yeah there's a lot of like kind of stressful moments that have happened through the first 82 days or so that we've mm -hmm. done so there's been some trying days and then there's just been days where I think all of us have felt like just a husk of a person. Like you've just, you've, you've just spent everything physically and mentally and you got nothing that day. And mm -hmm. I think we've all hit the walls at, at certain times where we, you know, I, I needed to take a couple of days off just to, just to mentally recoup from, from waking up every morning and getting out there and fighting the good fight well, every single day. So many times I, I mean, a lot of us are dealing with so much personal shit outside of the line. You know, my oldest brother was diagnosed with stage four cancer during the strike. Um, my, my youngest brother who has schizophrenia has been dealing with a lot of things that my family is, you know, we're all trying to collectively figure out how to, how to manage. It's like, and then work, you know, making money, mm. doing these like things that we don't talk about when we're there because we don't have the time on the line. Yeah. But there's I mean, I personally have hit the wall so many times and this week has been pretty rough. Uh, but I also feel grateful 
for the times that I get to work and, and act and play and do theater like I did last week with the theater readings that I was a part of. And it's, it's all really overwhelming mm. and fulfilling. <laughs> and um, I wouldn't drop any of it. You know, yeah. I would, I just, you just got to take it all and take it day by day. And a lot of times just looking like the looks that we give each other. Oh, you know what? I've got one. I've got a, I've got one, a, a, one favorite moment. There, so after everyone leaves, the strike captains stay and talk with each other about what went wrong, what we need to troubleshoot, things that went well, um, or we just sit there and just look at each other in silence. But I remember in week two, uh, it was early on, but it was also like we were just trying to, we were like starting to get used to the heat on our bodies yeah. and uh, every day just being in that 90, almost like over a hundred plus heat, degree heat. Cheyenne, it was me and Cheyenne and Mike in a huddle and Cheyenne had shared that one of the executives coming out of the studio said, you know, they're really hurting in there. And I just looked at Mike and lost it because <laughs> it's just, and it was week two of the strike. It's just, even that early on, they could feel it. And what we're, we're trying to figure out what the hell it is we're doing. We don't, we're not, we're not trained in this, but we're doing it. You know, we're trying to show up and, and figure it all out and to hear that we were effective was just overwhelming. And then we just all kind of lost it, <laughs> started crying. <laughs> and um, I, I won't forget that because it was in a moment of exhaustion, heat emotionally, and uh, it was a peak of light um, in, this, in this cavern of darkness. Yeah, it's terrible and awesome all wrapped into one. It <laughs> yeah. seriously is. It's such a like tempest of mixed emotions. Because like Denise was saying, if you list just all the stuff you're going through personally, and you just like wrote those down on a piece of paper, like, God, I'm going through this, and I'm broke as a joke, and I'm this, and I'm stressed out, and I'm sleeping kind of shittily, and I'm eating bad food, and I'm just like not taking care of myself. That's already a plenty to have on your plate or your list. And then when you're around people and you see people on the pickets every day and you start to get to know these people and they're talking about, I'm losing my insurance mm -hmm. and, you know, my mom's sick or I lost this or I'm, I'm really down on my luck or I need to move or whatever. And it's like if you're empaths, like most of us are, and you're a sponge, you're taking on all this stuff. So you add that to your own list and then you look at like the world at large from a macro level and you're like, the world's on fire. Everything's like there's earthquakes and volcanoes and shit yeah. like every day. It's fucking overwhelming. It's insane that we can like wake up and get there <laughs> and make sure people don't get hit by cars <laughs> every day. But it's true. Like there's just so much going on. So again, when I look around that circle in the mornings and in the afternoons, I'm just blown away that like this very eclectic, interesting group 
of personalities has come to, uh, together and and that we've worked for the most part extremely well together to, to, to pull mm-hmm. this off. Mm-hmm. I'll tell mm-hmm. you one of my favorite moments. And, you know, we have a lot of awesome moments, right? We have a lot of fun. We have karaoke days. We do fun themes all the time. But one of my favorite moments that I saw in the line was there was a young woman uh, standing outside of gate two, three with a sign that would read something concerning. And mm-hmm. Jason T. Gaffney, mm-hmm. Ooh, the, the best, best mm-hmm. went over to her and asked, mm-hmm. how are you? Are you doing okay? And she broke. And she listed all the things that was, were you know going wrong in her life. And she, Jason brought her back to our check-in tent. And then Denise started talking to her. And you guys figured out resources that she could use and people that she could talk to. And it was one of the more beautiful things I've seen on the line because it really represented the community that we had built and how we are looking out for each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, that woman needed to be there that day. She needed to have that person. And Jason was there and Denise was there and Will was there. And the people that we have formed this connection with stepped up as superior human beings that day and took care of this woman and it was so beautiful oh we love you jason yeah yeah yeah. i'll never forget that that was incredible there have been several incidents on the line that have been emergency yeah and i think like jillian to your point the way that people come together so quickly uh when we had that picketer run into the pole you know there was so there was a there were so many that people caught them. They walked them over, like a group of them walked them over to gate four. Um, someone brought gauze because they just had, the, my friend Jolene brought yeah. gauze because she had emergency first aid kit stuff in her bag. Like, wow. And 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 it's, they brought over their car. Some people were just so willing to jump in and help each other. And that those acts of kindness, that fast, that's mm-hmm. just like we don't see that out every day. Yeah, I don't see that out in most of the world. Mm-mm. Yeah, I think, and especially you hear, you know, Los Angeles or Hollywood. It's a bunch of individuals, selfish assholes that care about themselves, and you know, it's this like heartless, cold city where everyone's just out for themselves and stuff. But that's not true. Human nature. Mm-hmm. It's like when someone falls you go to pick them up that's a reflex as human beings unless you're a sociopath like your reaction is it's a reflex just to go like do you know go and help that person straight away and to see that over and over again almost on a daily basis of like yeah the humanity and again the community i think you know like you alluded to earlier there are you know multiple people that you know have this is the first time they're seeing a semblance of like community and family yeah in this town like this this strike has changed this town mm-hmm. I, I think it, it has, has too overall. i mean i i know that when i was growing up in the industry and i think it's still there a little bit it's they've the the big one the big corporations have always tried to you know pit actors against each other make it a competition oh well mm-hmm. you didn't get it because they they did this or you you did this and you did that and it's it's always felt like um you're in competition with everybody all the time and we've never had a sense of let's look out for each other instead let's have this community Mm -hmm. because really the only times you'd see your actor you know other actors is at acting class or at auditions 
And if you're at an audition with an actor, you're more than likely going up against them. And there's so Mm -hmm. many people who are in that room who just won't even talk to you because they're like, you're my competition. And you're just like, but I want to be a friend. (laughs) Like, hi. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's been this, you know, very, very long overdue um, awakening of actors and our union members to say like, hey, we're not each other's enemies. They want us to be each other's enemies, but that's not it. Yeah. We need to stick together. It really, the strike really has changed the industry, the culture, like the fabric of our culture Mm -hmm. that we can continue to change. Because like y'all said, it is, it has been so like competitive and hierarchical, Mm -hmm. but we're on the line with, people that we're seeing as people not as what can you do for me yeah. and what's on your imdb what's on your end yeah we are so much more than our resumes and this has been a brilliant time for everyone to remember that and to remember that we all deserve decency and humanity and connection mm-hmm. and that is not something that we have really been able to facilitate because the you know the work moves so fast the world moves so fast but now that we've collectively been like, nope, we're withholding <laughs> our labor. <laughs> we're going to bring baby cows to the picket line and we're just yes. going to be in community. <laughs> and even even within our own union, I think that's what's great is like, I agree with you that it's changed. It's changed, you know, this town and this industry, but even within our own union of how much we've gotten to know our staff and staff has gotten to know the membership and how membership now knows leadership and leadership and the negotiating committee know the rank and file and staff better. Like every, you know, like aspect of our union, we've all gotten to connect and really know what each other does. And I think there's just this mutual respect and love and admiration and connection that we have between, you know, staff and membership and leadership and, the negotiating committee and everyone where when we're on the picket, we're all one. And that wasn't always the case. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's just a truth that that wasn't always the case. It was always kind of there, they're up there and we're down here. Um, not so much anymore. It's, it's, we're, we're, we're all kind of on the same, uh, level and it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been, um, it, it has been a trip to, to be with staff every day. I mean, it's, it's wild to me because it's like, you know, I grew up in the union. I, I joined the union when I was eight. So to me, I, the union was this like mythical thing that I didn't really know a whole lot about up until like three and a half years ago. Um, and it, I didn't ever think I'd be like texting staff people or like yeah, knowing right. like who works in what department and like, you know, it's just, it's wild to be out there with them. And I, I think it has really changed everything moving forward. It really has. It's mm-hmm. it's become so much more than our contract. And like, obviously we want our good tr- contract. We're not going to stop until we have a good contract, but it's so much more than that now. It is. It, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. So going forward, I mean, post-strike, what do you what do you foresee for yourselves within like union work? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to tackle? Are there things are there things that the strike has maybe sparked within you that you say, "Oh, I want to do this now too." 
So I've actually um, decided to leave the union and become <laughs> a monk. Um, I am really excited to uh, get back to it and go with full force into the organizing committee. Mike is now the chair Woo. and I am a co-chair Woo. and we're going to keep rocking it, keep recruiting our, recruiting our people and bit not lose momentum. Yeah. We don't want to lose this momentum, this energy, this passion, this fire by not connecting. So we want to build these relationships, foster them, uh, bring together the strike captains, um, you know, hang out, spend time with each other as people, figure out what matters to, to others so that we can, you know, make things happen together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. After a, a brief bout of depression, when this is all over, which we're all going <laughs> to yes. have, I'm just like Post -show blues. being so excited that we got a great deal, but like sad that we're not waking up at 7 a.m. to, uh, you know, go set up tents and stuff <laughs> <laughs> in the and whatnot and fold t-shirts. Um, but yeah, I, I echo what Denise is saying. Like, I'm very excited to be the, uh, hopefully remain on the commercial performers committee and also uh, chair the LA local organizing committee. And yeah, like she said, we can't just let this momentum fade away. Um, we were unprepared for this strike because we hadn't really had one in four decades. So to to be kind of have like a standing army where we're, we're constantly um, kind of training our, our member leaders and member ambassadors, whether you're on a set or you're, you know, you're at an audition or you're at a friend's house at a party, um, we want to educate, you know, more of our membership to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations about why the union is important to everybody, mm. including them. Um, so, and dogs, dogs too, and dogs. Jane, we got to unionize those dogs. Jane, we had this conversation. <laughs> best name of all time uh but yeah i think that's i'm i'm very excited to to continue this member education and outreach and engagement to get more people involved so that we can move the needle from from within our own union it should be a member-led you know union and uh i think i think we're taking uh, great strides over this past year uh to get there so here's the thing. I had an idea. I don't know if I told you, Denise. Um, I think that we should have a walking group when the strike ends and all of the captains can just meet at WB and go on like a three mile walk. Like we're not picketing. We're just walking. It's a little walking group. We get our <laughs> exercise cute. in and we stay I together. It. I love that. Like the old people at the yes. mall that show up at like 5 a.m. Yes. and walk the mall before the stores open. I'm, I'm down. Can for we it. wear ankle weights? Yes, and we headbands? can. Please. I, <laughs> I demand it. We also have to have side ponytails. Um, that's the only way I'll do that's it. That's the only way. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else too, and now I just forgot it because my brain's dead. Um, <laughs> Same. <walking group. laughs> Honestly, dead. It's so funny. I just, uh, yeah, I lost my thoughts. They left the brain completely what are you guys gonna do when the strike does end like are you gonna take a like a, a week off are you gonna say please god no one talk to me or what's gonna happen Oof. i yeah i it's gonna be weird because it is gonna be this mishmash of like euphoria that we won mm -hmm. like to actually have this big of a victory i think it's gonna take a while for it to 
kind of sink in. Um, but yeah, like I, I can't wait to celebrate with everyone and, and, and tip one back or uh, raise a glass and share a million hugs and tears and all that stuff with everybody. But, uh, but yeah, after that, it's going to be, it's going to be strange getting back to normal life. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure we will all look forward to some of those days where you look at your calendar and you're like, holy cow, I have a, a day free to do whatever yeah. I want and work on whatever I want and stuff. That sounds uh, mighty fine as well. Mm. Oh, man. I also just realized I wasn't connected to my microphone the whole time. So sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's just do it over again. Still holding it. Take, take two. Um, oh, gosh. I haven't really thought that far ahead, even though we know that it could be very very soon. Um, I do want to take some time, like go camping, go spend some time in nature to just root and can reconnect with myself and disconnect with noise. Um, but October is generally a really busy month. So yeah. I also expect there to be hopefully a, a lot of auditions. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm excited to spend time with each other, hugging each other off the line, not in tears, uh, happy tears, well, happy tears, and, and seeing each other not in vests because I don't recognize people not in their vests. <laughs> if you're not wearing a yeah, captain hopefully. hat, I don't know what you look like. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have your lanyard yet. Um, don't know who you Talk are. Talk to Eugene. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really hope that yeah, that the the holidays might mean a little bit more this go around mm-hmm. because of of what we just did yeah. uh, this whole summer and fall. Oh my yeah. gosh, do we do a captain's white elephant party? <gasps> oh my yes, gosh, please. so cute, um, so cute. That was what I was going to talk about. You guys also built this entire Discord for our captains to be able to talk to each other across lots, which has been insane denise i can't believe that you guys did that but it's it's been so helpful to be in contact with the other lots because i mean once you're at a lot it's not like you're moving around all the time you're staying where you are because that's where you know you've been sent yeah i just i i couldn't imagine us not talking to each other You know, and I have friends that are captaining at other lots and I want to know what's going on over there. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, the Discord is really special. We share captain fits, yeah. strike pets, yeah. more good news, Hurricane Hillary oh, yeah. news. <laughs> oh, God, Hurricane Hillary. The good old days. But, I, but, but it's also been a really cool, like, kind of social experiment within the captain's groups mm-hmm. of like how many people have like forged, I think pretty strong relationships and friendships from the discord from, you know, they're not seeing each other on the regular, but on the discord, it's been a sounding board for people to f- feel heard um, while they're going through this stuff. And um, yeah, that brings me to that, that the group, Denise, I don't know if you want to talk about the, the kind of the grief oh, yeah. group of like, that's been part of this is like, we're kind of grieving all sorts of stuff throughout this strike. Um, we're not just grieving, you know, the loss of, you know, opportunity and money at the time. We're grieving all these, you know, these other things and losses as we're doing this strike. But yeah, Denise, I don't know if you wanted to talk about it at all, but that was yeah, pretty remarkable. 
Yeah, I, man, the the grieve leave or the discord safe space. Both of them, I think, are two incredible things that have come out of like kind of the discord and. uh, Oh, sure thing. Yeah, and our friendships. Yeah. Yeah, so. Several captains and I got to be a part of this article by the LA Times, and it was about how actors aren't just striking, they're grieving too. Mm. And we we got together, like a small group of us got together in a group. Thank you to Brendan Bradley for, you know, inviting folks together um, to meet with an old high school friend of his to, who ran this grief group called Grieve Leave by Rebecca Kleinblas. And we talked about the loss of income, the loss of momentum, other other things that we grieve in the work that we do, not just on the line. And so we're all experiencing it at the same time while we're building this strike and we're running this strike. And it brought on this huge wave of people coming forward and sharing the article saying like, yes, this is exactly what I have been feeling. Mm. This passion tax, this expectation that people, if you if you do what you love, why get paid for it you know why get paid fairly because you would just do it anyway um and being in that space together as a as a little community a lot of us meeting for the first time and being vulnerable opened up this potential of bigger conversations that we can have outside of you know that one space and jordan mitchell love and Kristen. Elizabeth, who are moderators of our Discord as well, they took it upon themselves to create a digital safe space where captains can talk regularly. Can it's it's facilitated by Jordan and and Kristen, and you get to just be in your body and share and talk about the things on the line, talk about the mm-hmm. things off the line. But being in community and having that space for those who want to be there has been incredible Mm -hmm. and so beautiful and we had one last night and to just see people's faces and hear what other people are going through just made me feel so much more connected to them not just captain to captain but person to person Mm -hmm. and there are so many there are things that we grieve outside of the strike even in our regular work grieving a pin, <laughs> you know, the loss of a pin yeah. or an avail, a potential job, which we go through that process all the time if we're lucky. And how do we how do we take care of our mental health? Mm. How do we take care of our mental health outside of the strike? How do we find our people? How do we build those relationships? How do we continue to be our fullest? selves that can show up the way that we want to by being in community Mm -hmm. and by staying connected to one another it just changes everything community changes everything yeah especially in an industry where so many people leave their homes to come to los angeles to fight for this work and they don't have their family around to lean on to ask for support they can't just you know hop on a flight to go back home and see their mom because it costs too much money or or whatever it is they don't have that group and so having a community like that is just to some people i'm sure it's life-saving 
Yeah. Real, actually, literally, yes, literally, <laughs> literally, literally, life saving. Um, yeah. Well, I adore you both, and um, so happy that the strike has brought us together. And um, you'll both have to be on the show when we're back in normal times, and we don't have to not talk about all of our wonderful accomplishments and losses. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, We love you, Jillian. But where can people follow you on social media so that they can see all of your awesome stuff outside of, you know, striking and with striking? Because I know that most of our stuff right now is all strike stuff. You can follow me at Denise Cabanella on all platforms. That's D-A-N-I-C-E. C-A-B-A-N-E-L-A on Instagram, Twitter, and Tom invited me to Blue Sky, but I haven't been on there. It's a... (laughs) There's too many things. (laughs) There's so many things, but um, yeah, connect, say hi. We'd love to meet you. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me. I'm I'm mostly an Instagram kind of of feller, but you can follow me at... Uh, Mike C. Nelson and the number one. Mike C. Nelson one. And then if you uh, like trivia at all, I have a weekly trivia podcast called You Should Know Better. So fun. Yes. Um, uh, it's super fun. And uh, yeah, give that a listen if you can. That'd be a huge help. Um, all right. Woo! One one more thing. What is one thing that you would tell a fellow actor who, you know, maybe isn't having the best go of it right now? What is one thing you would tell them? I would say you are not alone. There are a lot of people who probably feel the same way as you. Um, There's a bigger community out there and uh, focus on the things that you can control rather than what is out and join a committee be in community (laughs) Um, yeah i would i would tell them to uh cultivate those relationships that fill your cup that doesn't have to be inside the industry at all it's like inside the industry or outside it's cultivate those relationships with people that are doers that are kind that are fun that are smart interesting weird like latch onto those people that are intriguing to you and and truly cultivate those relationships not out of trying to get something out of somebody but uh because you you enjoy their their presence in this you know short time we're here on this life i think i've learned that where you know most of my work comes from relationships of people that i just think are fucking wonderful (laughs) awesome and we want to just hang out and do stuff together um, so yeah, that would be kind of my thing. It's just, yeah, work on, work, work on those relationships and don't let them go by the wayside. They're, they're hugely important out here. Well, thank you both for being on the show and talking with me and, um, informing our listeners a little bit more about, you know, everything that you guys have been doing out there on the line and committees and how important it is to, to find your community. I think it's, uh, it's really a strong point right now that we're witnessing and it's a historical moment and it's, it's cool to be here with you guys. Um, and we don't know how much longer we're going to be out there. So if you're listening to this and you live in Los Angeles, come see us at WB. Woo, woo, woo. Come see us. Yep, yep. And I always, I always say this, too. Like, the union 
ain't perfect. No organization is ever perfect, but the alternative is much, much worse. Oh. We got to try <laughs> so and improve. Worse. We need, we need to, we need to improve our union, of course, but uh, that only comes from people getting involved, getting off their ass and getting involved. So get off your ass. Get involved. Get involved. Come see us. The cavalry isn't coming. We are the cavalry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again to Mike and Denise for coming on the show. Um, It was truly special to have them on and to talk about our experiences out there on the line and have them share the importance of uh, solidarity and community and joining committees and just being there for each other. Um, It's been a pleasure to serve with them and I am excited to continue serving with them outside of the strike and uh, within the union. Listen, I would normally say tune in next week for another episode, but I don't know if there's going to be an episode next week. This was purely a special to really uh, shed some light onto what we all are experiencing as captains out there on the strike lines. Who knows what's going to come with negotiations. We can all pray and hope for a deal soon. Until then, please get out to a strike line. I'm telling you, if you are feeling down, if you are feeling alone in this, get to a strike line. It is fun. It is positive energy. You will find community, you will find friends, you will find family, and we all welcome everyone with open arms. So please come see us at any lot. If you want to meet me, Denise or Mike, come to WB and we will give you a big high five. As always, thanks for coming in. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.